It was all a pipe dream Watching bodyboarding up on TV Deep at reef watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe Buying riptide Eating shit pie I'm the person oh, I'm starting this again yeah, <laughs> uh, Three, two, one G'day and welcome to the Riptide Body Body Podcast, the home of Body Body. Thank you for joining us on episode 65 of our Verbal Journaling, and I'm your host, Luke O'Connor. Well, today's guest is someone who I've really wanted to chat with for a long period of time. Someone who I've shared a really good relationship with um, as a local Boogan surfer around the area here in Cronulla, and someone who has always been out in some of the more notable sessions around the area. And around the globe, um, in a real kind of core lord sense, man. And I know he's probably laughing in the background before I introduce him, um, but he, he has been brought on the potty today to speak of a pretty gnarly trip over um, into the Indonesian archipelago. Um, and the the waves, the reefs, and just the, the scenes that he experienced over there. Welcome to the show, Rory Kylie, man. Thanks for coming on, brother. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Good to be here, man. Thanks, Talk about man. Uh, the worst injury of my life. Happily. Yeah. Honestly, when um, when you came home and I and I vividly remember it, and you explained it to me the first time, uh, I could see the anguish at your face, mm. uh, in your face. Sorry, we were at the point, mm. and we always have a, a good yarn out the back yeah. there when we're waiting in between waves, and mm. just. Ha- and I didn't get all the details at the start, and I got a lot as we've continued on surfing together. But man, like that trip, and, mm. and what you went for, and what you experienced is life changing. It was seriously life changing. Yeah, I, I guess for sure because I got to um, escape the COVID lockdowns. Yeah, that was uh, that was an experience, man. Getting out of a week before. Scamo closed the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember having these conversations with you out the point also. Well, like, I've got to get out of here. Before, because we were discussing when the borders were going to be shut because oh, there were right. other countries getting locked down. True. I know we were one of the only serious countries that yeah. got properly locked down, but there were a lot of things getting put in place, you know? Wow. Yeah. And I, I, you, you, were, <laughs> you were on the knife's edge there of not getting in. Yeah, I, um, I quit my temporary teaching contract, which I, I don't regret now, but, like, pretty much I just had to leave, man. I was... I'd move back to my parents' place to save money yep. because I was going to um, I was going to go there in like maybe June because this guy this guy used to he was in my share house and I known him from my mates in Jerangong. His name is Maddie, and he had a brain aneurysm in the shower. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how he died, and he was only like one year older than me, man. And I was like, fuck, I gotta. I've got to go back to Indo this year. I just, I haven't been in a long time. I need to feel that again. Yeah. You know? And what do you feel in Indo? Like, what, what, what do you love about the joint? Good question. Um, because a lot of people go back there, man. They make pilgrimages back there annually. Mm. What is it? Oh, it's a very good question. It's a combination of a lot of things. It's, um, it's the friendliness of the people and how laid back and how, like, quickly you become kind of like mates with them it's the cheapness you can stay for a long time you can stay i don't know when i first went five thousand lasted me six months wow yeah 2010 that was the first season yeah hectic and um yeah what else was there about it 
the blue water surfing in boardies um, or like a spring suit when the reef for sharp reef waves. Yeah. Do you ever wear booties? I did at the start. When I first started going, I used to wear them a lot. But um, I found if I didn't get, when I was riding surfboard, if I didn't get to my feet <clears throat> in the right spot, my front foot, yeah, I would get stuck there with the booties. And like, I just, I felt like I was surfing better, quicker without them. So sure. I stopped wearing them. But I've got a mate who is one of the best surfers over there. And he's been wearing booties the whole time. Yeah, it's crazy. So, Some people do just get, you know, really, um, yeah, really keen in it. But sorry, yeah, you were just saying about why Indo is so great. Like the people, the waves, the sun on your back, boardies. Like you've named so many things that are, that are like mm. perfect scenarios, really. Um, freedom. Yep. You feel freer, man. You don't, um, there's not as many, like rules are bendable. You know, it's like, Police are a bit more friendly. Um, it's a bit more communi- community vibe. Mm. People look after each other over there. Because a lot of the people, they live near where their families live, man. They live in like the same, obviously not the city people, but these small villages, everyone knows each other. They're all like so happy and relaxed. And yeah, it's just community. Mm. That's so nice. That's, that's kind of something that, um, I'm missing here in Sydney at the moment, eh? At times. Definitely. Pretty lucky at where we live currently, though. In, in, we're in your apartment here um, in Cronulla, and I would say that the community around here, especially the surfing community that we've tapped into, there's definitely um, a sense of belongingness there that, that, that keeps me grounded at times. Yeah, for sure. I, um, yeah, maybe... I struggle to belong sometimes myself, to be honest. I've always, like, maybe that's again why I loved Indo. Maybe I felt like I um, fit in a bit more or something. Like, yeah. Being honest, I just, I've always had a bit of social anxiety. So when the surf's crowded or, like, when a lot of people are together, like at bodyboard comps mm. or things like that, I've had social anxiety, man. So I've kept my distance. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to, I guess I'm trying to work with that, get get better being myself around a lot of people you know yeah yeah for sure mm. I, I, I um to be perfectly honest I, I don't really notice it with you but at the same time because you're always so confident and funny no, and it's because I, I trust you yeah it's a trust thing so thanks man yeah I trust you too cheers yeah so, it's I need to um <clears throat> give them the benefit of the doubt by trusting them before I think like put the barrier up the guard up, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I've been like that for a long time and I'm trying to <coughs> get better at it anyway well also too brother like just before we move on Sydney I think does bring that out in people and that's what I was getting at before the Shire here we, we, we do have a little bit more of um, a, a settled social community so to speak but mm. the greater sense of Sydney like it's dog eat dog you know what I mean? It's not True. a really nice place. When you're driving through the city and you're just weaving down traffic. No, that's a good point. It's fuck you to everyone pretty much. So it's pretty uh it's pretty full on. It's yeah. full on, eh? Like yeah. and I've noticed myself at times being so enraged at the most ridiculous things and almost making up a stereotype for a person in a car without even fucking knowing oh, one shred yeah. of information about it. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I've done the same man. We all anger. Anger gets you to quit, doesn't it? It does, man, yeah. It's Control. Traffic's the worst part. Oh, my God. You're wasting time, bro. I forgot to tell you the best thing about Indo. Yeah, yeah. When I was there, it was uncrowded. Because yeah. you, you mentioned traffic. 
Yeah. And I'm like, man, I always explain to the Indonesians, actually, when I'm trying to explain that it's crowded. Mm. I say the word traffic in Indonesian. I say, macet. Banya macet, like a lot of traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they understand. They're yeah. like, oh, yeah, no good. Because <laughs> no it is. It's a lack of freedom when it's crowded. For sure, man, yeah. And so from 2010, like, you know, the first pilgrimage you made over there, um, and you've just named all the incredible things about Indo. Mm. How many times back since have you been? Wow. Fuck, I haven't really thought about it. Long time, man. Um, 2010 was six months, 2011, six months, 2012, four months, 2013, two months. Fuck. Then, Bro, that's, all, that's almost two years. That is two years. Yeah, because of casual teaching, you know? I, yeah. I had freedom because I was 23, 24 living with my parents. So just come back to casual teaching, get some money, go back, you know? And because, man, there's guys I know who've been doing that for like 30 years, six months, yeah, yeah, like yeah. proper seasoned veterans that are just, they actually have a nickname for them, they call them wave slaves. Like they're just, <laughs> like zombies, they come back to the wave, uh, the wave every six months. Because man, they just, to them, nothing else is as good, I guess. Yeah, like, nothing else matters. Dudes are like that at Desert Point, they're like that at Super Suck, yeah. they're like that at G-Land, oh, they're like that at oh, the Mentor Waves. Yeah. Man, there's every, every different wave has its addict. For sure. Yeah. A guy that's like, he's tried all the Indo waves, but he got hooked on Lance's right, so he stays there, or he got hooked on Supers, or he got hooked on um, Padang Padang. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty interesting. And it's the, it's the land of the long running left, hey? Like, as oh. in, it, it's, it's, it's predominantly just ravaged with lefts. Yeah, in the dry season, definitely, because yeah. the, the winds are perfect offshore. The, they're the trades, eh? Yeah. Southeasterns? Yep. Yeah. And um, all the south facing coast, all the like best um, waves are kind of on the inside of straits. So the, the south swell will come up and the wave will bend around and the trade wind will be blowing perfect yeah, offshore. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And once it starts around May, late May, it doesn't stop till like October. And it's just, man, every, within every two weeks, is, you, you're going to cop something. You're going to get a swell. Just pretty much within every two weeks. So I guess we would be around this um, surf camp. And when we knew the swell coming, it was like a little party, eh? It was like really? a little party because we were so bored, man, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Because so there's like, nothing to do in these camps, eh? Not much, man, besides read or go snorkeling or that's how I end up learning a fair bit of Indonesian because I was bored yeah I was bored so I'd go hammock learn some Indo or read go for a little surf and because you the waves that aren't so good some of them break all year all yeah. year they don't get flat but the real good ones you've got to wait every you know two weeks three weeks big deep ocean trenches kind of thing man firing up from South Africa yeah and just yeah, the roaring 40s eh? up the guts oh man all those the right swells like um, a lot of the guys that call people the Margaret River you know like yeah. say um, oh is there a swell coming like they full a swell scout they had a scout you know actually looking in real time at the surf wow. in WA telling them what's going on telling them yeah we'll be there whenever we'll I don't know not the exact time yeah but they'd be going like okay maybe a swell period yeah. or yeah like, like it's real it's coming for sure yeah. and I'd say that's how they did it before the internet well, that, I, I heard, like, back in the day, fishermen were a real go-to for, like, um, swell and, and wind and obviously wave mm. kind of conditions because 
they were always out there scouting, watching, learning, and if a surfer got on with a fisherman real well, and that surfers were fishermen yeah, too, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the understanding of the ocean, I guess. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The, um, the Indos, I was speaking to my mate today, actually, they, um, they always say waves coming tomorrow. They love it. Ah, like, oh, don't worry, tomorrow it comes. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, because they can sense that you're like upset that there's no surf. You yeah, know? yeah. And because they're so friendly, these people, they're like, like they they, they want to ask you what's wrong. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's no no waves. Tidak ada ombak. Okay. And they're like, oh, besok, besok, which means tomorrow. You know, that's um, a beautiful thing about Indonesia is the the way they speak. Besok means the future. It doesn't mean the next day. So it could be a week. Could be so they live in this like loose sense of time. Yeah. Right? They're not so rigid like us. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. And um. It's because I guess they had lived there for thousands of years, you know, and then the Dutch came and then the, yeah, the Dutch kind of, I guess, ruined it really. Really? Well, not ruined it, but like, I think I read one book on Indonesian history and I'm, I don't know, man, I might be wrong, but um, they, what they did, they came and they kind of like built this capital and... I don't know, they educated only like 10% of the Indonesians, so it was like an elitist thing. So like they'd take 10%, educate them, and then like try, pretty much, I guess they tried to colonize it. Yeah, I was about to say, it almost sounds like first generation Aboriginal people, or the stolen generation, so to speak. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, the Dutch, and they were there, I don't know how many hundred years. And um, Isn't it human nature to just come in and start again? It, say like let, let's compare back to say even mm. say even like a classroom mm. and say like a teaching faculty Rory you're, you're a casual teacher bro, and you see house get cleared you see maybe the principal go for something or like something rather if, like uh, if you work in a management structure and you see a new boss come in mm. they're coming in and they're starting afresh True. a lot of the time you know what yeah. I mean like it's it's really ingrained in our nature to just conquer Come in, sort it out, yeah. do it our way, you know what I mean? It's yeah, no, no, I get it. It is, it's, uh, there's a book called The Selfish Gene. Yeah. And it talks about like every living organism, pretty much its goal is to replicate itself. And like a lot of things just come back down to pure selfishness. Even like, um, what's the, like, I don't know, maybe friendships that people would form, you know, just like, because it would keep them safe, you know? Like they, I don't know, my interpretation is, they, they call it like the elephant in the brain. It's like um, our negative motivations, but they're survival motivations as well. Like, um, is it like f- say you would, you would kill to not be killed kind of thing. Or you would, you would, you, you would, you would backstab a person in a survival instinct to yeah, that, head. those things are like um, I forget there was oh, man, like real I've, got a, I've got a photo of it on my um, on my phone, but it's alright. I'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to listen to the show notes. Pretty, yeah, pretty much the um, <laughs> the main gist of it is that like all things are based on selfishness. Even like, for example, a mother caring for her, her loved, her um, 
baby elephant. Mm-hmm. She's protecting her genes because her genes are now in the baby elephant. Yeah. You know, it's like even that comes back to her because it's the gene. For sure. Yeah. That's kind of the gist of it. Yeah, no, no. I, I know what you mean. lost in my memory. No, 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 dude. I knew where you were going with it. It's almost like cells just replicating upon themselves. And once a cancerous cell maybe gets inside your body, it can replicate in a certain way because it is just trying to replicate. It is trying to... Oh, yeah, replicate. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that, probably another analogy with it. But, yeah, so... Um, we digress into a cosmic world there, so yeah, I know. But Indo, so this trip, man, was just before COVID. So 2019 and 2020, and you got out on what March the probably twentieth March to twentieth March. March twentieth, man. Yeah, because the borders shut only. I think yeah, the seven days later. It was at the end of March. Yeah, it was. It was all over. No, it was March twenty because I remember seeing it on my passport and um. I got out, uh, and then I found out the lockdowns happened, and I was fucking stoked. I just, after, yeah, like I said, I wanted to get to Indo, um, I just knew all the waves that I'd surfed back in 2010, 11, 12 would be uncrowded again. I just knew, oh man, no one can go there, mm. you know? 10 and years on, the crowd would have tripled, quadrupled eight. Probably, like every time it broke, there's 50 to 100 guys out yeah. after, like from... When we end of Corona, 50 to 100 guys out every time it broke. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, this won't happen again. I've got to try and get there. Mm. And so that time that you, you know, you left the country, man, you went into, you, you flew into Bali, I, um, I suppose. And then when you, when you landed, what was the feeling like coming out into a country knowing um, that you were a foreigner there, essentially going to be locked into it? Into, mm. into a, a different culture which I mean, you've spent so much time in force like, probably true. wasn't that foreign but you know what I mean like true true I didn't yeah no that didn't it's, I wasn't it's afraid of it no yes. because yeah. um because I did feel like it was my second home at the time because yeah. I felt so comfortable there and um I knew the Indonesian people they kind of I think it's village law you know they're pretty they're pretty relaxed mm. and they did get a few they got a few um they got scared at the start, like they made me lock down, do this quarantine when I got to the village and yep. things like that. And fair enough, I can understand. For sure. How long was that? That was two weeks in quarantine. So two weeks in a room. Man, how's this? They let me go surfing during Fuck my quarantine. Fuck off. Yeah. What legends. Yeah, that's the thing. They're like, you know, it's all good. Just don't come to the village. You can go surf if you want. And it was out front, you know, and that, that two weeks was very... I guess boring and lonely. Yeah. Um, but I rode my mini mail out the front, and I was having some fun. Like, yeah, I didn't get a, there was no big swell, but yeah. It was, at least you were surfing every day. Were you surfing with anyone? Not really. No. Wow. And what type of waves were they? They were kind of fun. They're just kind of like like a wally left, you know. Yeah. Like a, but a short one. But yeah. it's it kind of breaks. They call it Little Bingen, and um, now, yeah, I used to, back in 2010, 11, 12, I used to kind of pretty much surf it alone, you know, or with the f- a few local Indonesians. Yeah. And this is, you know, most, a lot of the time, you can surf it alone, and um, now, since COVID, and a few, like, Russian surfers, and uh, there's probably 20, 30 guys out every time it breaks. 
Wow. And it's hard to see that, man. Like, yeah. yeah it must like, trip you out every time you go back. For sure. Well, I was lucky. I just got my scout to tell me. My mate who was over there, he just said, bro, this is the most crowded I've ever seen it. Wow. He says, you're not missing out on anything. But, um, yeah, it's uh, when that finished, um, the quarantine, I was surfing. It was, to be honest, the three months I was there before the injury wasn't that good. I didn't, I didn't score super suck. That I remember scoring it the day before the injury. Yep. And it was, I was having a ball. It was really fun, man. I was, I was like, finally, like I'm gonna bang out here. Is gonna like pay off this whole. The swells are gonna start, mm. you know. And uh, the next day, man. And how many people were out there? Sorry, like on, on, on that on that day before, like how many? Not many. Probably there were a few locals surfing at the time because they normally wouldn't surf it when it's crowded. Yeah. There was about probably fifteen max. Goodness. Maximum me. fifteen. And that's a long point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when 15 it's on, dudes, man. When it's on. 350 meters yeah, at least. That's amazing compared to 50 to 100. Yeah, true. You've literally got like fucking 80% less crowd. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, and um, that day was good. I was like getting ready for the for the next day because it was going to be pumping. Like I knew big. It. Yeah, and um, I was all jittery and excited and I'm not very patient when the swell is good, man, and it's cost me a few times. I'm impulsive and I like I don't wait for the tide or, you know. And um, I just I got to the beach a bit early and I seen these things. Right when it's when it's like six foot solid and a bit of west in the swell, man, fuck, it just it looks like choker with six foot. And it keeps growing down the point A. Grows to about halfway, yeah. When it's like that, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, you don't get the west, but sometimes you, you get no west swells in a, in a season, man. So, anyway, so I, I tried to like wait and not go out. And I'm like, oh, fuck me, I'll, I'll just go and look at it. Mm. Look at it waiting for the tide, because I was just so greedy to get in those barrels. That's what it was, it was greed, lust for the tube. And I, um, Man, I fucking seen these ones when I was sitting on the shoulder out there, coming in and then. So what you you paddled out before anyone else? Yeah, yeah. So no one's in the lineup right now. Yeah. Fuck, that's pretty scary. Not scary. I mean, you know what you're doing out there, but like, that's daunting when you know. Oh, I knew I was taking the risk because I I wore a helmet. Yeah. I right. put a helmet on, and I remember thinking, even if something happens, I'll probably survive. But. Like, it's only six foot, it's just, I don't know, there's something about the wipeouts out there. If you wipe out in the first section, you go so fast underwater mm. for how shallow it is. Mm. And it got me this day, pelvis first. Yeah, but so when this wave, so explain the wave for us and, and, how, mm. you, and how you paddled in. So I was, before it happened, I caught about 10 amazing short ones. Because I knew if I kept going, I'd get shallower and shallower. Okay, yeah. And I... So you, you purposely searched out the short ones? Yeah, because yes. up the top, when it was like, I don't know, pretty low, you could kind of just ride it. And um, 
man, I ended up getting some amazing, amazing barrels. And then one, I went, I got too greedy. The first time I got greedy, I should have learned because my fingernails almost scraped the reef. Like that's how shallow it was on this thing. I just kept, I kept going because I kind of felt like if I pull out, I might get sucked over yeah. and then I'm going to hit the reef. And um, I escaped that one and then a few dudes paddled out and it started, tide got a bit higher. And um, yeah, I, I actually warned a couple of the Indonesians because like a couple of them, I didn't know if they were that amazing at surfing and I didn't mm. want them to get hurt because you can get pretty fucking hurt yeah. and end up hurting me, which is funny. <laughs> the irony, yeah. you know, the irony. And but uh, yeah, yeah, your heart in the right place there, bro. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, what was I gonna say? So yeah, I caught them and then guys paddled out and this bomb of the day came. Bomb of the day was, man, the thing looked like, oh. And um, yeah, I end up, this, I'd been waiting for a while, like probably 20 minutes. Mm. Cause they, the good ones you wait a long time. And uh, this kneeboarder guy that had just rocked up, he, um, he tried to paddle for the big one, you know? And I'm like, man, I don't care if you're 20 meters inside me. I've been waiting 20 minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, I'm, I'm going. Like I said, I'm going this one. And my selfishness cost me because, uh, you know, I wasn't completely entitled to that wave, man. I just... I thought I was, and um, I caught it, and the first section was, oh man, it was amazing. I remember being in it and just being like, ah, like, yeah, just so happy, and it spat, and I'm just like, maybe the tide's right, you know? I'm gonna commit, commit fully for the next two yeah. hours. And I remember going into this thing, it was so big and wide, and I'm just pushing, pushing through it, and I come up again and I'm like, yes, I'm gonna get through this. And then I kind of seen it go like flat yeah, up ahead. Ahead of you, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh no, that doesn't look like I'm gonna come out for like, that looks like maybe that's dry reef, man. That's, that's it, I don't know. But by then I was going so fast inside this barrel that I couldn't bail and I just held on. And I remember thinking underwater as this is happening, going oh no you might get absolutely fucked here I remember thinking and it the first impact was my elbow it went up over boom and I'm like thank fuck it was my elbow alright but then underwater I felt this crazy pull and dead set from here to the corner of my room it pulled me backwards at like 50 60 k's an hour something so fast and as I'm going backwards the side of my hip nicked like a coral head. I was about to say, I thought it was. And I just remember going, like feeling pain, like, uh, uh, like, uh, like, yeah, yeah, weird you know, as fuck. And just like, no, the, the sting was so intense, that sting, that I was like, I winced, I winced at it. Yeah. But in my optimism, I, when I was paddling back out, I'm like, oh, it's all right, probably just the cut. And like, I was, man, I was so happy to go back out there. I was like, I've got to get another one. But then my left leg, I couldn't kick it. Fuck I couldn't God. kick my left leg. What was it like being out there pretty solid surf and then being that injured that you were, you were a liability to, 
to your own self because really man mm. like if you and I, I haven't experienced this way so yeah. please correct me if I'm wrong but the currents and the sweeps there with all the swells and everything man it must be a bit of a nightmare to get in and out at times like is it is it a is, mm. it, is it a hard way to get in and out at, at super suck it's not it's at the when the tide's pretty high it's not that hard to get in there because there's a lagoon oh so it pushes you in there yeah whereas like I'd say if I got injured like that at desert point it would just keep sucking you back into the wave. Okay. Yeah. And it, you'd end up drowning. Or like, I think people have nearly drowned yeah. because of injuries. Fuck, man. Um, but, yeah, luckily, a Indonesian, like, three or four Indonesians are paddling out. So, I'd put my hand on the wound and my fingers went into it. Ah. It, was, it was a hole. Ah. Sorry, man. No, 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 no. It's all good. I'm sorry for fucking you. But I'm just thinking, like, exactly what you're feeling. Are you touching your hip right now? Oh, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I just, I, I think I blocked that out. I blocked, yeah. When I felt that, I'm like, oh, shit, no, I kind of just blocked it out. And um, What kind of pain was it? At that stage, the pain wasn't that bad. I just couldn't move my leg. So I'm panicking. I'm like, oh, no, there's something. Yeah. Something's going on here. Like, to be honest, the amount of blood rushing out, I had thoughts that I... um might die I had thoughts and I called out to these Indonesian dudes and said like I was panicking like uh, help me Bantu Bantu Sakit Sakali and and then I'm like yeah just trying to get trying to get them to come to me quick and uh, there was three of them and they saw me and um, they were frothing on the waves too bro they were frothing they didn't want to help me out they yeah. were like and luckily one dude seen like the pain on my face man. yeah yeah he's seen the pain and he he helped me get into shore and then when i was on in like on my side i couldn't move i could, tried to get up and i couldn't get to my left foot so i've um pretty much he's dragged me by the hands up the shore so i could get out of the shoreline because it was going in and out real yeah, quick with yeah. and then i've crawled on my elbows up into the shade and then there I sat in like the fetal position on the side for about an hour oh. until an ambulance came. And someone called you an ambulance? Luckily this legend, um, this guy named Andrew, he uh, he got me, he went and got me an ambulance. He worked in like, I think he worked in the mine, local mine and he's, all, he's been around there for years and he was currently like working on a house or something. So he called the ambulance. Did, did he see you crawl out? Hey, um, or did, did some... no, the Indonesian guy ran and got help. Oh, thank fuck, yeah. what a legend. For sure. Like, what great people, man, because, like, really, like, again, it's great, everyone, you know, you should go to people's aids, but you don't have mm. the obligation to do so, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's great that, I mean, it's human nature, but at the oh, same yeah. time, it's going to be like, fuck it, you know? I think, man, to be honest, I think I was pleading them. Like, I was, I was... I begged him, man. Yeah. I'm like, please, bro, please. I need like this is yeah, serious. I'm fucked. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I was happy that I was lucky that he went and got help, and then the ambulance came, and um, just just before you get in the ambulance for him, man, like, yeah. what was it like for that hour on the beach, man? Because when you just said that to me, then like that's that's like, I don't I can't imagine the pain, and I can't imagine what's going through your head. I was to be honest I was a bit I was getting a bit loopy and stuff I was first I thought I was bleeding to death and 
I was trying to just like accept it and let go. Like, but then this American guy, this funny American guy named George, <laughs> I was wigging out going, oh, man, I, uh, it's all right I say this, but I sound like a lunatic. I was doing Forrest Gump Bubba voice. I was going, Forrest, why did this have to happen, Forrest? <laughs> you were not I swear to God, I go, um, I think I said, I don't want to die or something like that. Oh, like, fuck. I was, I don't know if I was. You're taking it well. Maybe. But that was almost like a mechanism just to control yourself. True. And, yeah, maybe, yeah. And the American guy goes, you're not going to die, buddy. You're going to be all right. And I'm like. I was happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of just reality. He's like, bro, yeah, I know it looks bad, and it probably was. It is, yeah, bro, yeah, but you know what I mean. He's like, yeah. give me the reassurance. He's yeah. like, yeah, bro, it's gonna be sweet for sure. That's sick. That's a funny dude to come out of nowhere. Like, you know, usually, well, like I would I think he was taking photos or something. It was down there. Oh, sweet. yeah, and like, cause there was a car park. Yeah, and cause I was out so early, fucking surfing on the rock, like too low tide. No one had even rocked up yet. You know, so they started rocking up. And then they eventually came and lifted me on the stretcher. So I've got a photo of that one because a few a few of the Indos took photos. Like yeah. Of, and um, when I was in the hospital bed, my mate sent me a couple like of me in the like that in the in the fetal position, and you can kind of see the hole in my side, but you can't see. Apparently, looking into it, the doctor reckons he could fit his hand inside it. Yeah, that's right. So there was a coral definitely head then because it's like. A, a big steer cut almost like a big patch in I never there. thought about that well, and so what kind of operation did you have to have man like what what was the next things in the hospital like was it travel insurance was it fucking like are they going to operate on me do I want to get operated in Indo like, it's, it's probably a, a lesson for all people listening to buy travel insurance because yeah. <laughs> like an absolute idiot I didn't buy it yeah. um, a lot of people have done that man yeah true because we, we all take risks yeah, I know, that's the risk I took, but yeah. like, too big a risk for, I don't know how, it's not that expensive for what could potentially go wrong, but you never think anything's going to go wrong. Dude, you think you're indestructible. <laughs> yeah. and, and think about it, as when you're in your younger years, which this was what, like four four years ago, five years ago now, mm. or yeah, four and a half, like, you've you got a different uh, mentality. I swear as you get older, like, you know, we're in our 30s now, you're getting your 40s and 50s, mm. it seems to me your body becomes a lot more precious. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you're not as careless. No. That's for sure. Some of the things we've done, and I've seen you do out the island, mm. kind of careless. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. I, um, I remember, like, when I was young, like, a little grommet, mm. seeing dudes catching the big ones, and, like, the thrill and, like, excitement, said, oh, like, seeing them go, kind of like, they were, I don't know, like... You know, idolise them almost. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Definitely. And, um... Yeah, I guess from time to time, like, I don't know, you just kept bodyboarding and the thrill gets gets bigger, doesn't it? It does. You get your three-footer and then the five-footer gives you more of a thrill and then the six to eight-footer, oh my goodness. I, to be honest, I've, I've, I don't think I've really pushed it beyond eight foot for barrels. What about the one of Kate? That was, yeah, that was probably eight foot. I would say it was almost ten foot, man. I'd be in the eight to mm. ten. I was like, I mean, you know, it's very mm. um, subjective when it comes yeah, to, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, people judging wave face or whatever. Some mm. Hawaiians with this flotations or whatever. But, yeah. like, you just say it's a solid wave and that's at a crazy location. Mm. 
So yeah, you're so right. We do go up from those three levels, and I guess it gets to a level where do you push to a slab tour like Nathan Florence, or do you do airs like Tristan Roberts at Coney's, mm. or do you, you know, Pierre's air versus at Nazareth recently? Or do you get washed up like me? No, I got washed up, mate. There's no way this story. So thinking about it, like you're you're at the hospital now, man. You put it all on the line. Mm. You probably spent over three years of your life in Indo in the last ten. Mm. minimum really and that's without doing proper maths and it's come to this point and as you admitted before there was greed involved like every human has with waves surfers and bodyboarders mm. in general are some of the most selfish humans when it comes to water sports yeah, like, we put ourselves before anyone when it comes to water yeah, it's... so what was it like being in that, in that hospital kind of coming that was all coming to fruition you know what I mean and you were realising what lay ahead I was devastated man I was I knew there was like two weeks as well after that day and there was, it's only, once it, you get a big one, it turns on, it's like, you could, it could be a good few months, you know? Like a machine. Yeah. And that's what I was there for. And on the first good swell, I broke my pelvis. Fuck. And so, completely snapped or fragmented? What, what, yeah, what was it was like? Bad. It was like it took a chisel, a chisel to the side of it and just went like probably three quarters. The, the last quarter of my pelvis, the top, got a chisel and just went the left, left side. Yep. And just down. And that bit was like out. <sighs> I chiseled off a little bit. And um, yeah, they they said I should get an operation in Tallywang, which is about two and two and a half hours or including the ferry, probably no, probably four hours. Bro, how are we gonna manage the pain on open ocean? I think did you did you go oh. across ferry? Yeah, I haven't I haven't actually told you about um a girl who really she really did me a big favour. She she was a professional snowboarder named Annie. Yeah. And like she was a pioneer, one of the like first powder like helicopter snowboard really? first woman Hectic. to do it. Yeah, she was and she Yeah, heliboarding. Yeah. And she had a injury where she had a spiral fracture yeah. in her leg yeah. and I she reckoned she carried o- oxycontin in case yeah. of emergencies and she came and she gave me this oxycontin oh my goodness and it really helped with the like car trips and yeah I was yeah. gonna say because that that's what um uh endones and oxycontins is what my um late aunt was on um when she was dying of cancer for her oh. just to to um make people understand at home which don't um, or haven't heard of those drugs like they are for serious pain yeah. and they mask a lot of it like obviously very right. addictive and very bad if you stay mm-hmm. on them but for that purpose for a one-off trip it's they're pretty good for sure man it was um it felt like um it clouded the pain and I was on like when I before I stopped taking them because I um I had a bad episode one morning where I had temporary amnesia and I, I thought it was the Oxycontin that was doing it to me or something. This was whilst you recovered in Bali? In Lombok. In Lombok. Yeah. I, I had temporary amnesia, kind of like forgot who I was for I don't know how long and I had a panic attack after like wigging out because um, I think it was to do with the Oxys. Yeah. Um, anyway. They're super powerful. Oh. Fuck, they're powerful. It made me feel like I was on a fluffy white cloud, man, and just like dissolved into deep, deepest sleep. 
Can you imagine why people want to keep taking them then? Oh, it's it's bad, man. It's How was that opioid um, epidemic? Yeah, yeah I've heard about it. 2015 or 16, supposedly killed like half a million people from pharmaceutical drugs because they were getting doctors to over-prescribe because they wanted to sell yeah. their fucking pills. Nah, it's gnarly. You don't hear about that shit, eh? Not really, yeah. not much. But um, yeah, sorry, back to you. Back, back to the Oxycontin and actually back to the, the um, operation, man. Did mm. they do it at the town that they recommended? Did yeah, you so it? I got the drive to Tallywang. Um, On the Oxycontin, which is amazing. Yeah, it's the capital city of Lombok. Yep. And um, I've got to thank this Swiss guy called Thomas because if he wasn't there, if he didn't like sacrifice his couple of days to come with me, Oh man, it would have been a hundred times worse. I was so lucky that he came with me, man. What a legend! So you just volunteered at the time to come and help yeah, you. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I, I again, I pleaded, please come, because like wow. I felt so vulnerable. Because I don't know, man. Like it's just it was the first time I've been in that situation. Felt helpless, and uh, well, also structurally, your body. But you haven't just broken your arm, bro. You mm. popped your shoulder out. Like it's like true. You are you, you're immobilized. True. That's a that's a good point, and um, luckily he came with me. And man, on the road there when there were bumps, I had to tell the drivers to stop going so fast because every time they slowed down quick because of traffic, my leg would move and I'd be just ah, pushing your fucking pelvis out, eh? Like, oh. and it, that's where it clicks now. Can't. Sorry, bro. No, no, I'm fuck, I'm sorry if it's getting crazy because I even get a clicky hip, and that's just because I have tight hips from yeah. surfing. And dude, it, they're there, yeah. You do so much with your hips. Yeah, for sure. And, um, oh man, so whenever there'd be a bump, he'd also try and hold my knee in position, man. Like, I, he saw I was in so much pain that, like, when I was sitting and he'd seen a bump, he'd hold my knee like this. Such a, a like, a caring dude, generous, like this humble Swiss guy that surfs Scar Reef. He loves Scar Reef. And, Thomas, he's a legend, man. Um, shout out to Thomas. Yeah. Fucking shout out to Thomas. And um, then went and got the operation when we arrived. Um, and did you get to meet the doctor at the start? Yeah, and I, I trusted him because I thought, you know, there'll, there's a lot of motorbike crashes. Yeah. And um, it was like semi-private or private. And uh, yeah, I just thought, you know, I don't have travel insurance. It could be way worse. I don't know. I'll just, I'll just go with it. You, you, you almost got it. Right? It's like, bro, like, what am I going to do? It's either get this done or fly back to Australia. Mm. Like, really? Is, 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 is that what you were weighing up? Pretty much. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, like, what, what other options are there? It's like, and then can you imagine... Not the, much when you don't have travel insurance. Yeah. Like an idiot. Yeah. And then, and then what are the options of flying home or trying to get home with a broken hip like that, man? Mm. I don't know if they'd even let you fly. Do you reckon they'd let oh, you fly? Good question. I don't know. Yeah, it's a crazy one, eh? It'd have to be medivac. Yeah, but yeah. And then how much is that? Yeah, so... So, you, yeah, you got the operation there because it was obviously the logical thing to do. Uh, with the situation you were in. Yeah, I guess. Because there's no way I'm going to get into 100, 200 grand debt. Yeah, that's life-ending. Yeah, well, for me it would be. Not ending, but like life-crippling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like for the situation I was in, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Two hundred grand to anyone. I mean, yeah, I know. There's billionaires everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, all of us folky and the shy, yeah. middle class. Like, yeah, hey, I know. Like, fucking. That hell. is a bit of money. It's for a sure. bit, man. 
Don't worry about our mortgages. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So yeah, I went with the doctor and everything went well. He showed me the x-ray and he'd like put a, a screw and a, a bolt to the, so the bone was connected, back connected again. And um, yeah, it wasn't until I got back to Australia when the young doctor, the young surgeon, like, didn't even really look at me like I was a human. He was just doing his routine. Fair enough. Like, they must get for a lot of people. Just goes, oh, this is a dog's breakfast. Oh, this surgery. Oh, fuck. Yeah. How is that? Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I get you'd be kind of like, you know, in the trade, if you see something, you kind of look at it and you're like, oh, what the fuck happened there? Like, you know, but would you ever say that in front of the client? Or would you ever say to the person who just copped the operation and it's got it inside them? Like, far mm. out, gosh, show a bit of common, common decency, you know what I mean? And yeah, it was then after that they told me that because it was up the top of the pelvis, they wouldn't have put the bolt in, they would have just let it heal itself. Okay. So I pretty much had metal in me because I didn't get travel insurance. So, so you, you can't get that metal removed? Oh, I don't, I don't think it's, the doctor doesn't reckon it's necessary. It's not hindering my movement. Yeah, that's good. But it's still, it's still annoying to put something inside you when you didn't need it. You didn't need it, yeah. But again, another lesson, it's my fault. I didn't have travel insurance, so yeah. I'll cop it on the chin, you know? Well, man, you really have because you continue to keep surfing and boogie around here all the time, man. Like, yeah. in, like I've seen you... It's actually, <clears throat> I mean, I, I know it's been a crippling injury, man, but you, you were surfing a lot more there for a while and it's actually brought you, um, I know this story's about a bodyboard, you ride a bodyboard, but you ride both very well. You're riding a bodyboard a lot more these days. Man. It's true. It's a good point because yeah. I, um, I got into backhand barrel riding, you know, mm. pigging the dog, ooh, feels so good, man. It's just like you can take a late takeoff and then you can grip with the fins and then you can pull up and then if you want to slow down, you can use your body. Mm. To me, I used to think backhand barrel riding felt like bodyboarding just with a bit more speed mm. and you could hold a high line. Yeah. You can't, for me anyway. It's hard to do. It's hard to hold a high line at speed for longer than like one section. For sure. That's why like you see those guys at cloud break yeah. in the quad fin massive boards and they're holding these high lines, mm. man. Like twenty foot barrels. I mean, and you notice even at Chopes how many times on like those ten foot west poles, mm. if it's if it's got a bit more kink in it to it, then maybe a bit of south in it, and it kind of um, not south, more more west, and and if there's that foam ball explosion, they need to go high and up over it, and 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 that mm. and that line there, as you said, is kind of hard to do on a bodyboard, whereas mm. surfboard can get over that little True. that that it's it's like almost a. a cavity that's like doomed if you don't have the right craft but it's heavenly if you have the I think it's the right weight of the board the True. board's a little bit heavier yeah and it's also it's got I feel like it's got to do a tiny bit of speed too because I yeah. feel like surfboards can generate more speed for sure they're way more rigid you'd have yeah to say, that's like, the thing so like look at your mic shoot in the corner here man and mm -hmm. how well used it's been with its elbows in it's like <laughs> could you imagine then trying to get the same speed on say the short board that you've got behind it that's oh. just fiberglass and rigid ditch the whole way around yeah 100 percent. yeah um, yeah that's the i guess the pig dog difference was like and i tried to my goal was to get as good barrel riding on pig dog as i could on a bodyboard you know like it, what waves i could make on a bodyboard i wanted to tr be able to make them on a surfboard on pig dog but there were still waves like I got to a certain level 
but there were still waves I had to bodyboard man and that's what I like I'm not going to name every location but like a wave yeah, anyway, just super shallow reef that like yeah. you have to airdrop to get into. You know, any wave like that yeah. was just man. I'm, you could, I had to be on my bodyboard. I couldn't like the, you know those guys that go from bodyboarding to surfing, mm-hmm. and they never get barreled on their surfboard, oh. but they still don't bodyboard. I'm like, mm. don't you miss the barrel? Man? I know, I know. Don't you miss the chip? Yeah, because you've left it too late, or you've you've you've, you've You've chosen surfing because it seemed at the time the more socially yeah, accepted thing 100%. to do. You know what I mean? And you haven't gone, well, hey, on any given day, there's crafts for the ocean. Like, you've got a male in the corner here. Yeah. I enjoy riding, riding fat boards on small days. Oh, yeah. I could happily ride a 20 on a, on, on a thruster on like a, a nice point break, four to six foot or whatever. But when waves start barreling, I want to be on a fucking bodyboard, man. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So... From, from there on in, you've got the whole spectrum covered and you can surf every day in the ocean. Those fools that gave up the boom mm. for fucking social credit score <laughs> is, is unbelievable, yeah, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I kind of think to myself, you've, you've lost your passion and then you've lost your ability to enjoy it every day in dude, the ocean. Dude, do you want to hear the funniest thing? What? So, in Bali, a lot of people surf, like the Europeans get into it and stuff, not because they like it but also because they want to be i'm a surfer you know yeah and so many waves like they don't get barreled ever it takes them because they start on a short board they never get good at it you never see them getting barreled much all right and i think if they were only not trying to be cool they'd get barreled in the first year of bodyboarding oh, for sure you know and they're missing out and yeah. like and that's the best thing about bodyboarding you can just pick it up and go and do oh. it 100%. Well, I mean, it takes a, a lifetime to master. Oh, so yeah. does surfing. I, I, for the record, I gave up on yeah. trying to... <laughs> I just... I was like, uh, man, uh, I've been trying to get good at this for a while and then around 19 sort of thing. I was just like... You were good though, man. I was okay, but... Yeah, I'm, still, you were surfing all the waves around here consistently yeah, yeah. at a high level, for sure. And it wasn't easy, especially back then, because that was... Um, only talking to Jackie B in the last podcast, talking about the Emerald days where you had like... You had the Luke Rogers, mm. you had like the Shower Brothers, you had the Lesters, the Ringers, the Billions, and sure. like everyone coming up. Yeah. It was hectic. Yeah, there were some men. Remember Lachlan Edmonds? Yeah, oh, was, I mean, and then um, what was his other mate? Atma. Um, Atma, man, yeah. Oh my goodness. And Jackson. Yeah. Um, what was Jackson's last Jackson name? Jackson Baker. Is it Baker? Yeah. No. Something to be. Mm. But anyway, um, so unbelievable talent, especially at Cypher Rock. They go so sick at Cypher Rock. Mm. Mm. You, what was that? You? No, no, I was just saying those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%, sick. man. They were, that Lachlan Edwards, he was so smooth. He was, a. Eh? Yeah, he was, um, I think he lives up the coast now. But, yeah, uh, like Byron Way? Yeah, I think he might. Um, he still, someone said, he, his, his mate called Todd, I ran into him. Oh, yeah. And he, I asked about him. Because I hadn't seen him in so long, and I used to get along with him as a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, he said he still bodyboards sometimes as well. And I think because of the wedges up there and a few of those reefs around, like definitely mid North Coast or just below Ballina and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some waves up there. Mm. If you want to chase the boog, you definitely can. But yeah, again, it goes back to that that mind frame of like just not giving a fuck what other people are thinking about what you're doing in the water and just doing what you want to do in the water. For sure, it's it's just. I don't, yeah, I don't care. It's, it's just whatever's going to get you the most fun. Yeah. And 
sometimes it's just it's so much more fun on a bodyboard man like it's ridiculous oh man it is actually ridiculous just that like extra time in the takeoff yeah when you can like kind of slow yourself down and look yeah you can't do that I cut my level of surfing I couldn't no way I could do that I'm saying no way yeah, maybe not. Slater or someone but yeah John well, John. well, well some guys around here are fucking pretty good they are yeah, yeah I wouldn't jump to the Slater besides some but um yeah and just the the feeling of control yeah at the bottom like being able to bend the board how much how good it feels just sick it feels and then just like and you become almost one with the wave so to speak oh you can mold it yeah and you're like sitting back in the pocket you're dragging your legs at times mm. you can do spins back into the zone where on a surfboard you can do a sick check turn don't get me wrong i love those snapback check turns but mm. when you're spinning in the time and mm. then you're just running back with that energy that's that's connection for sure i um yeah I wish my bodyboard was at a level that I was doing spins like in the zone and stuff, but I haven't been doing that in years. But you were doing just, that when you were younger, man. I, I was younger. That yeah. Suck rock, that was a big thing for you to do them on the odd occasion. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I remember seeing Kingy do it. You know, Kingy would do the bottom turn to forward spin oh, no, into the pocket. Obsessed with it. Yeah, it's the best it's thing the, ever. You know, I think the Joker all the time. That was one of the signature moves that got you a profit. Oh man, he was. Yeah, he was a freak rider. But um, yeah, just for me, yeah. Also, I think when you're in the barrel, you can enjoy it more. Mm. Like I feel like if it's if I'm close enough to making it, you can kind of look up. You can try, you know, like if you're comfortable, yeah, you can look up at the lip and see like the light, or you can kind of. I just feel more relaxed in the barrel and bodyboard. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I know. Also, too, the different angle you're at, you know what I mean? Surfing you up a little bit higher. Mm. Bodyboarding almost feels like that GoPro look where, like, you're getting so much more of the, the surroundings. Definitely. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think that you see that a lot of fisheye shots out the island. You know, I love when you can see the Esplanade in the background. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It's pretty sick because not many slabs have that. Usually slabs are, like, some remote, fucked-up place <laughs> where it's just this really rock legend. It's usually a jungle or bush or mountains yeah. in the background. You know what I mean? That's, that's true, actually. I'm trying to think if there's any slabs on know with, like, suburbia in the background. Not many, eh? Maybe Chile? For sure, Chile. Or, and maybe some in America, the beach breaks, like California, oh, yeah, yeah. San Diego and, like... Um, All right. San Fran, I remember, I remember Damien Miller and Luke Mason, two of my good mates, going over there on an American trip, maybe like, um, like early 2010s, mm. like in, in that 2010, 2015 time, and man, the surf they got over there, they got one of those, um, I'm going to say El Nino years, and it just pumped, mm. like as in stack swells, stack swells, stack swells, and it was their winter, and um, they were going... Um, snowboarding up in the mountains and then coming down and surfing oh, those yeah. waves yeah that's epic that is epic eh? and I just remember the suburbia around him he's got a pull back shot back to that point sorry about slabbing waves a pull back shot of um, you know those, those like a downhill shot of all the um, streets almost like linking up yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. Lords of Dogtown sort of yeah. shit San Francisco yeah yeah, yeah yeah and, and he's looking and there's just this huge A-frame peak just unloading and yeah. it's like 10 foot easy and wow. it's stacked man it's wow. so sick I love that sort of um, those sort of shots mm, for sure they're, no they look they, to be honest they represent um, the magic of riding waves you know why because 
when we see it close to society, it's a reminder that this is a little break from society, you know? This, yeah. is, this is something um, natural, non-man-made, uh, and like there's a separation. You feel more connected to the ocean and nature, part of something bigger than like the little ant's nest on the shoreline. You know? 100%. I couldn't describe it any better, man, like an ant's nest. Mm. All of us running around, really not knowing what we're doing, but just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like, don't get me wrong. That that's that's a broad statement. Yeah. There's people out there with careers and they're and they're and they're striving to passion, passion, the things they believe in, and that's unbelievable. But mm. also, too, at times, you ever just take yourself out of the ants nest, so to speak, and think to yourself like, and we spoke about this before. Mm. What are we fucking really doing? Like what are we really doing? Like we're tending to our needs and our wants and we've got a certain setup as humans that we have like, you know, these structures in place and we have societies and we have these rules and laws, but like what is it all? I think, I think we're following what we think is going to make things better. We're following it. We like, you know, things that people come up with are new inventions or like new, new ideas. I think a lot of them, the reason they come up with it is because they think it's going to make it better for everyone, you know? Mm. And I think society's just built out and out from that idea, you know? Because we went from the campfire to farming, you know, where we could domesticate animals and live off the food. Like, there's um, this book called Sapiens. Yeah. It talks all about, like, the origins of humanity and how, like, everything was just to improve you know we would our populations increased because we weren't hunting gathering food they were growing it and they had the livestock and then as the populations increased you had more variety of skill that was left overboard because they didn't need to work so they would work on other stuff you know to improve whether it was making weapons or um building boats or you know I think it was yeah. just a slow improvement and um, somehow we've got 8 billion people now yeah <laughs> it's, it's a lot of people bro yeah like it's back to the start of the potty where just cells are replicated we're trying to replicate ourselves and just constantly go 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 true yeah so uh, definitely it's definitely and uh, I guess if you try and be if you try and do as little damage as possible, you, you can live out your passions without harming anyone. And I think that's fine, you know, that's that's really how you should spend your life, like being having good relationship with friends, loving your family, chasing your passions, whether it's wave riding or music or whatever it is, you know? And do it in a respectful and dignified way, you know. And man, I've been learning the hard way, I've had a lot of run-ins and like aggressive moments in the past and I've burned a lot of bridges but it gets you nowhere mm. burning bridges get you nowhere I actually thought about getting a tattoo burning really? bridges because I've burnt so many bridges in my life like, I know maybe now I think back maybe there was a ne ne necessary thing to happen between us because like it worked out alright anyway mm. but still like there's some things you just some things are worth worthy of repair, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you referring to when, when we had a blow up outside? 
oh yeah, all the things that I've fucked up with, man. Yeah, but that but that's also like there's two there's two people playing there. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, like yeah. it's all thing that goes on. True, true. Yeah. I, I do feel yeah, but like. Look, look. I know you, you, you're definitely in the right mind frame to yeah. say that yeah, you want to improve on that. Mm. But like that shit in the surf, like as long as you don't keep doing it and keep going down that path, yeah. like, it's all sweet. Man. Oh, I haven't done that in ages. No. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. Every now and again, something's unfortunately going to come up because we're mm. all not going to agree. Yeah. It's more so. Hopefully, we can just fucking mitigate it and realize that it's just the fucking surf. It's exactly. It's just well, that's one thing. Like I think about a, a beef in the surf or over a wave, and then you look at the news and. Dudes are blowing each other up yeah. and sh- shooting bullets at each other in like Ukraine, Russia, Israel, Palestine thing. Like, I don't want to talk politics or anything, but when you look at the war and like what human beings are capable of doing to each other and what it's over, like land and where our home, our identity, and then you think about like fighting over a little wave, like. I know. It doesn't just, even mean anything. No, it's just selfishness again. It is, man. Yeah, it's right back to it, eh? And as mm. we were saying before, like, unfortunately in our sports, we are pretty selfish when it comes to waves. And I guess the key is to be that dude out in the lineup who is the happy-go-lucky guy. And mm. it's cool to give the waves away and know that mm. waves will come to him yeah. or her whenever... Um, they want it. Yeah, do you know sure. what I mean? Definitely. Um, and you have more fun when you're like that anyway. Fucking oath you do. You have way more fun. How is it going out? Like I remember when I was younger and occasionally getting these mind frames like, I'm going to go out here and I've got like a point to prove and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Or I want to get this way yeah. and do this and I'm getting the best one today. And it is fucking insane if you didn't think that way because yeah. first it's not a competition yeah. secondly it's 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 a it's a it's a leisure activity yeah. you're doing with people that you essentially know unless you've yeah. travelled another way yeah. usually you know people there anyway yeah. and then thirdly it's like man like as as you said we're not going to war or we're not like you know sending someone to death or to life to jail it's like we're just trying to get a bit of energy mm. it's been developed in a far off part of the ocean and it's made it all the way mm. to the shoreline for this exact second it's addictive yeah it is the addictive. wave is addictive isn't it I would say energy is addictive true so say mm. drugs give you energy mm. in certain ways they give you stimulation or depression in, in like depressive yeah, states yeah. and then you've got energy from like waves in regards to the ones that you want to stay on for long periods of time energy from your loved ones and your family frequency and energies you know it sounds a little bit like hippity dippity yeah, no, no, but no, it's, it makes sense people give off those sort of energies and yeah. frequencies and you can feel it like how's when you walk in a room man and you almost know that someone's either been talking about you or there has been bad energy in that room and straight away you pick up on it yeah. and you know you're like okay I have to tread carefully here because that's an energy and a frequency you give out straight away you yeah. know what I mean? Like sometimes I walk in a room, I'm like, I'm not saying people talking about you, but like, yeah. you know, like when you think to yourself, oh, hang on for a second, something's gone on yeah. here. Like this is this is. Hectic. I guess mm, for me, I I haven't had that uh, that feeling that much because I I never put myself out there. You know, I always stayed off social media or I kind of um. I had a fear of being judged or being you know with the social anxiety so. Mm. And I guess that's the, if you want to put yourself out there, if you want to, you know, speak your mind or be yourself, yeah, sometimes people aren't going to like it. And For sure. It's just the way it is, man. But if your intentions are good, that's all that matters. A hundred percent. That is it's no better saying that. It's like, hey, man, we're all going to have differences because we're going to see it slightly different. And that's what makes us so uniquely beautiful, each and every one. Mm. But 
if you can just run with that ethos of, of like a, allowing people to have their differences mm. but identify when someone is there for good or bad. Oh, mate, we could, we could talk about the Shark Island Challenge because I'm, I'm pretty selfish. With like, whenever it's good, I like to surf it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I thought, oh, man, they're having the Shark Island <laughs> Challenge. There's going to be people surfing, there's going to be people around. It's true, there will be yeah. some around. But yeah. then I thought about it. The intention's good because it's good for bodyboarding. Like it's, it's good to, it's fun to watch. It's sick to watch it from the cliff. Um, it's exciting that like the, if it's big, yeah, it's definitely come to town. Yeah, and when yeah. we were grommets, we were lucky to have that. Oh know? mate, that made me care bodybuilding. Yeah. When I saw Kingy, Hardy, Rawlins, BP, Winnie, Sean Virtue, Mike Stewart, Jeff Harbour, they were Spencer all Skipper. Spencer Skipper, man, and we'd all come into town, and you'd surf the island with them. That was epic. It's unbelievable, man. There's not many ways in the world you'd do that except maybe pipeline and yeah. a couple other disclose no, right, you know? I remember seeing them out there and being like whoa that's so Jeff no, when I saw Jeff Hubbard yeah I was like that's Jeff Hubbard yeah. man wow bro I, I vividly remember him with a hub graphics board and mm. doing an invert Strowy got it and I was out that day him doing like a four foot southeast one and just you know the classic Viper fins in the background mm. epic tweet the hub style and I just forever thought to myself like these guys are, are just untouchable and yeah. Hub has proved to this day he's almost 50 he's approaching 50 and he we might he's, mm. he's approaching 50 and he is still pushing the aerial game in bodybuilding I'll tell you someone he's the most positive guy you'll ever come across you ever you, you probably sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah I've had a couple of, like, really good conversations Man, with him. And, and only brief but just when you speak to him it's just like uh, it's infectious that happens he's literally stoked on life yeah. he's the most stoked guy to be around like I just, I remember he'd rock up to the surf and just be like, almost like grom, like a grom, mm. like a happy, stoked grom and just so nice to everyone, respectful, just a, a good way to be, man. Yeah, 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 a good yeah. Way to be. And look where he's got in life. Yeah, get you, get you somewhere. It does, be nice man, to yeah, yeah. Um, Because it's how you're supposed to be. Yeah. You're supposed to be nice to and be. Coming back to the city vibe here in Sydney, we're <laughs> paired up against each other and you're the one running for the train and you've got to try and get in that door before the next person on the way to work when it's raining. Like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't breathe the best, day. Have you heard about in India? The train, apparently trains in India are like the craziest. Like, uh, literally seen... like fighting to get on the yeah, train. Yeah, yeah. On the roof. And yeah, the... I was just about to say, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. no, no. Um, like, I, I, yeah, I, that, that train system, I've seen people become so close to near death on those things. Yeah. Like, the way they are like hard up against the train still in 40 50 k's and almost getting taken out by poles like just like you know mm. structural poles for the around the, the train line and those poor people when you think about they're struggling to survive and it's like you've got a billion people there and like man they're probably trying to get on that train maybe because if i don't get to work they won't be able to eat that night or mm. it's heavy man it's just like that's what the city feels like a struggle for survival like you said with dog eat dog or, it is yeah. man yeah and um yeah, it's uh I guess that's why people keep their friends close you know but yeah uh, struggle for survival is a great one mm. because like yeah unfortunately with everything um it's just the cost of living rising man it's just been insane mm. like in the last six months for you when you think about just 
what it is to put food on the table at, at, at times and we're from a lucky part of Sydney other parts of Sydney maybe like you know in the greater west like dude there's serious poverty out there you know what I mean fucking earth man it's hard to once you've seen it overseas it's hard to like be be as compassionate about yeah. like poverty in Australia but true you see homelessness and you see um, people stuck in addictions and housing commission and things and like do you ever yeah. watch Spaniard? I've, I've watched like one or two episodes. Fuck. I'm yeah. pretty into him, eh? Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I, 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 everyone's got a fucking story and he's come from a crazy story mm. and he's learnt from his mistakes. Mm. And now what he's documenting and showing, like that's where I'm kind of getting to with those, that level of poverty that we don't really see in like, You don't see that shit, bro. No, like no. Sydney's pace it is this beautiful, and, and it is, True. it's a beautiful affluent city, but at the same time, like every city, it's got its, little hidden yeah. pockets of fucked upness, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I never thought in Sydney there'd be a place you could walk down and not feel safe. Yeah, exactly. You know? But no, there no. are, right? Yeah, no, there are. Like yeah. At that Spaniard guy goes to. Yeah. yeah was, at night time would be. Yeah. The same Mount Druid, I think was one I'm of the sure, yeah. worst areas, yeah. So, um, it's, it's a, I guess it's a lucky place to be and then the, Southern Shire, St. George area, all the areas close to the city, for sure, man. So yeah. part of, as far as, I used to make a joke called Shitney, you know, and then after, I forget, after like a bad trip overseas, I, I go, I'll never call it Shitney again. You know, Sydney's a nice place. Yeah. It's pretty <sighs> beautiful, but um, you don't really, I don't experience the, the bad side of it. God, no. Man, we Lucky. live in just like a fairy floss wonderland. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it's crazy. We're wrapped in fucking cotton wool in this place, man. Like, fuck. That's pretty good. It's good, man. Yeah, we're, 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 we're cruising. I, I love where we live. I would happily live here forever and just be a little shy hobbiton. Yeah, Chris, Chris Rock says... Um, I think it's Chris Rock. He talks about... I think it was one of his last stand-up things. He talks about you going... You know you're in a good neighbourhood when you've got... Um, housewives with their babies walking along the water you know on a, on a path and you've got like people driving nice cars and things like that which has started to happen in the last 10 years around here for sure and um, you know you're in a bad neighbourhood when you see a grown man riding a bicycle <laughs> it's like a, you know like cause he's Can't got to get a, wheels, yeah. and he's got to get around to get his drug fix or something yeah and, yeah, um, yeah man it's yeah we're pretty lucky because when he said that I was like he's describing where I live I know man it's I know, I know. Yeah, it, it is just a crazy beautiful spot man and I think um, we should fucking wrap it on there bro no worries thanks nice so much for coming on bro no uh, honestly that was an intense story <laughs> and that, the second one for um, Tales of the Boog man yeah cheers you know I mean? man happy to uh, have the chat and it's good to talk about it. It's really good to talk about it. And let's get you back on again soon and, and have another yarn, bro. All right, brother. Because there's a couple other things I know <laughs> you probably want to speak about. We've got locked away in the vault. Oh, I could just yeah. pry it out of here, you know what I mean? Joking, man. Thanks for coming on. All right. Cheers, sir, brother. You.
Gonna work myself to death 